0: we demystify what goes on behind the therapy room doors. join us on this voyage of discovery and co-creative conversations this is the therapy show behind closed doors podcast with bob cook and jackie jones Welcome back to the next episode of The Therapy Show with Bob Cook and Jackie Jones and we're following on looking a little bit more around um, personality traits and the one that we're doing in this week's episode is the passive-aggressive personality trait.
1: That's right and I think um, off off camera you're talking about that book you like by personal Adaptations by Ian Stewart and Paul Ware and they talk about different styles of character. I think they call this person, if I'm like, is it the playful resistor? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which it is, is a, yeah, I'm right, good. Which is a really clue into how to work with these styles, if you like. And these are the people who present quite passive and in their passivity quite aggressive or may appear like that, yeah. um, of course, beneath all that is the um, child that's not been heard or not been attuned to and the child in attempt to be seen often says silently if not overtly fuck off yeah go away
0: <laughs> quite regular in the therapy room as well get well,
1: allowed cool. to but in their oh. <laughs> <laughs> in their um yeah in their family of origin it might have been a different story they might have had said fuck off sullenly
0: yeah um,
1: and uh, you have a you have the birth of what would be called an oppositional character
0: yeah
1: and um that's the way they've survived that's the way they've attempted to get recognition unfortunately usually negative recognition from their parents of origin
0: yeah but any recognition is better than no recognition for human beings
1: well, that's that's certainly true, because otherwise they'll shrivel up and die. So yeah. in this character, it's, a, it's, it's an attempt to um, get their needs met, a desperate attempt to be seen, a desperate attempt to be understood, mm. a desperate attempt to, you know, really, uh, can I explain this? I suppose I've explained it quite well, to get their needs to be understood and for the parents, it's just to turn around and say, "Well, you did a really good job, so in other words, to get validation. Yeah. But the way they choose it, you know the way they attempt to get their needs met, the way they attempt to make connection, the way they attempt to be intimate, if you like, actually may result in pushing them pushing other people away, yeah um, because it's they their attempts to get connection are often quite aggressive or can be seen as aggressive. Yeah. Mm.
0: Yeah, and leaving the other person not wanting to make that connection.
1: Yeah. That push them, and
0: pull yeah. again type of thing.
1: Yeah, leave them not wanting to initiate. Yeah. Now, the levels of passivity are high. Now again, if we talk about traits rather than personality disorders, again, they're still high. So procrastination, for example, not doing anything, expecting to other people to think for them and then they disagree with them. Yeah,. Um, often seen as oppositional characters. but the most one of the most um, main features is the attempt by the client. To get the therapist to do the thinking for them, and then when they do the thinking for them, to disagree with them aggressively. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Anyway, I just wondered.
0: Is yeah. It
1: does. Is that identification again?
0: No. Yeah, well, this I don't. I don't have the passive-aggressive thing, but it no, does. For your
1: clients, you think?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. On, this, on this, stand that completely there's kind of like that learnt helplessness but then they they come out on the attack Mm. yeah
1: that's the phase come out on the attack yeah you know it it's an it's a way it's a desperate attempt though to make connection and to let the other person know i'm here you know i am here i want you to meet me but actually what they do pushes people away yeah in most cases
0: again, you know in touching on what you said in the last episode it, I think it's really important as as the therapist to not take it personally
1: that's the bit <laughs> not to take it personally, yeah yeah, yeah. they go into a, you see you know for most clients. The therapist will represent the authority figure.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: Now, the passive-aggressive client will go into battle with the projected authority figure. And if the projected authority figure then goes into battle with them, it's the same as going to battle with the paranoid that we talked about in the other podcast. Yeah. It will go nowhere. In fact, there'll be a repeat of history.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, So you know... I know we spoke about it quite early on about the pacing of, of the therapy sessions and things and I think sometimes you can tell by the response or the atmosphere in the room whether the pace needs to slow down a little bit whether they're they're feeling under attack or I don't know that you can see straight through them you need to just tread water for a while in the therapy room sometimes I think.
1: Yeah, because they will seek out what is called in TA negative strokes, negative recognition, because that's been their diet as a childhood. So they will scorn authority. Uh, They will be resentful of authority. They will go into sulky behavior. They will they will induce the parent, i.e. the therapist in some way, to push them away by this so-called, in inverted commas, bad behaviour.
0: Yeah, which again um, is a protection mechanism. <laughs> it's...
1: Yeah, it's, it's, and you are, you're right. And, you know, passive-aggressive clients who have grown up with that way of an attempt to get strokes or recognition are very good at um, promoting these battles with their therapists. Mm because if you trace it back to their history that's exactly what they did with their parents because they didn't get the validation they weren't met they weren't understood so fuck you then i'm gonna i'm gonna act out and then you will bloody see me
0: yeah
1: and, and you'll bloody see me and then i won't then i won't actually take these folks in the first place yeah because i don't want them because i don't want them
0: <laughs> yeah
1: so you go around in this sort of uh, you know. That's
0: a wonderful example of it, what you just did there, Bob, is literally, the, the arms crossed, whatever it is, that is literally what I think you would see in a, a therapy room. It's, yeah, I yeah. don't want it anyway.
1: Don't want it anyway, that's exactly yeah. it. And that's that's their frame of reference. So they play these battles to get validation, etc, cetera, etc, cetera, and when they get it, they push it away. Mm they don't need and they don't want it and then you've got the whole process goes around again so you've got these repetitive behaviors uh which we call games and transaction analysis which you know is an attempt maladaptively to get their needs made it doesn't actually work but it actually works to a certain level in their childhood where they got uh some levels of recognition yeah and they attempt to enact the same process out in life And, of course, in relationships, then the
0: problems really start. Do you find that sometimes there's a fine line in the therapy room of buying into it, into the the adaptation and, and playing that part, and not buying into it is there a point where we need to play the game up to a certain stance so that the client stays in the room and keeps coming back
1: well it's interesting about this because if you talk about games and behaviors repetitive behaviors there's many ways we can do that one is what you've just talked about where you may stay in the game and uh, play the game out and then see what's the um, script the payoff that they actually take and then actually do a bit of educative therapy and take it back to their early history and uh you can do that you can actually do some uh, educative therapy before the games actually begin um but what you're talking about is staying in the behavioral it is a fine dance because the problem the problem though, without moving to some educative therapy is that you may reenact its history.
0: yeah, but it is a fine line in playing it out so that it's familiar to them and they feel comfortable in the situation somehow and refusing to do it and them up in the ante playing an even bigger game somehow.
1: Yeah, you can do you can do that I think it's a bit of a trap though, because they'll be better than, better at better at it than you oh, yeah so, so i'll tell you a good way to work i think clinically with um, people with this type of ways of defending is through humor because if you can get to their playful child this is why this is why i think ian Stewart and van joy's nicknamed this type of character playful resistor is because if you can get if you can use your own humor to in to bypass those defences of uh, resistance
0: yeah.
1: and get to the, the child, which has been not validated or not met, you know, then, 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 you, then I've always found that a really good channel. Now I've naturally got good humor, but I don't think of using it as a technique, but I do think interestingly enough clinically that with this type of client using my humor as a way to or a channel if you like to get to the energy which is often quite blocked in the child part of the person is a useful and a technique that is effective
0: yeah i can see that yeah
1: if you go the other way and get caught up in that sort of battle you were talking about earlier you've lost
0: yeah
1: if you can get to the part of the child in other words the part underneath the coping mechanisms or defences in a way they'll allow you in and a way they'll engage with you you're more likely to get to the part of them which is being so hurt
0: in a safe way yeah they won't
1: feel yeah, like quite a safe way
0: yeah
1: they they you know the paranoid might feel tricked by humour which is an I didn't say that in the last podcast, but a, a, I think the style of character comes from this sort of passive-aggressive process, often feels engaged by humour. They don't go quite to the same levels that the paranoid person does. Yeah. I've always found that a good way to work uh, or with these people in a safe way to reach what often is called in the books the inner child, yeah. which really means the vulnerable, younger part of the self
0: yeah 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 no I, I can see that working I can also see you doing that in a therapy room as well but...
1: yeah yeah because humor I like humor yeah now, it's an interesting one humor just sort of touching on that this moment, because you know you're on a fine line again mm. because the, the you're after engaging with the child that's been so hurt that's why they pull these defenses up in a safe way, quite correct. But if they feel in some way that you're laughing at them rather than being with them,
0: yeah.
1: you'll reenact history.
0: Yeah. If they feel like they're being ridiculed or made fun of or or anything, yeah.
1: So Hume's okay, I think, from a thought out place. if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, could people call that a technique, maybe. But I think with these types of people, using humour, I've always found very effective to engage their child ego state because that's where the trapped energy often is. If you can come alongside the vulnerable child, you're more likely to help move towards a reparative process therapeutically than moving to some sort of battle with them.
0: Yeah. yeah it, it it's it's interesting it, you know just looking at where all this stuff comes from you know often what is played out in the therapy room is is reenacting exactly like you say something from the childhood something that's happened that made perfect sense at the time oh, <laughs> it's oh. just in in the therapy room adult to adult you know interactions it's it's not helpful
1: No, their level of procrastination, their level of sullenness, their level of resistance, their level of aggressiveness.
0: Uh, Often that phrase, cut off your nose to spite your face, often comes to mind when I'm
1: working. Yeah. Yeah. You see, if you think about where all this comes from, to me, it's the battle with the parent in the individuation stage. So in other words, they are attempting to be seen, to be loved. To be validated from the significant other people person now if that doesn't happen then 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 what they could withdraw and shut down by the like the withdrawn clients we talked about in another podcast they could go into attack blame and control like we talked about another podcast in this style what they do is they attempt to get the validations the strokes and the love by actually acting out negatively. Mm. And then interestingly enough, when perhaps the therapist, uh, sorry, the client we could put the therapist later on, sorry, the parent, rather than the, uh, you know, the parent in their earlier history has, does then attempt to meet them, they then push them away because it's like, it's too late in the framework.
0: Yeah. Yeah, you've had your chance and you missed it.
1: <laughs> yeah. They don't allow the parent to even go anywhere near their herd places because it's too late.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. And then they go around in this circle we talked about earlier. Yeah. So it's it's a very sad, tragic tale, I think, because it's an attempt to get a different type of parenting However, when that different type of parenting came along in their early history, it was too late for them. And they pushed them away from a very heard place. So for the therapist to get to that child and and engage with them and validate them so they got a different imperative experience has to be done with patience, gentleness, and in a safe place. Yeah. It's not straightforward therapy, this. This isn't... Because if if the problem is if you buy into their attacks or their control mechanisms or their procrastinations or their passive behaviors or their aggressiveness and move into that sort of control battle, you'll lose out. You'll repeat history. You have to, and that's that this is why humans, I think, quite a safe option. Find a way to engage with her child. And that's 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 easier said than done
0: yeah but again you know as you're talking i'm visualizing what i would do with my kids or my grandson if if he's having a strop and you know sat quite close with his arms but it is that that tickling that bringing them out of themselves forget the mood that you're in let's look at this over here and that you know distracting them somehow Mm. that's how i see that connecting with the humor but it's a distraction let's get away from the heavy stuff and let's let's look at something less deep Just let's engage that
1: that connection. yeah let's engage that hurt part somehow yeah
0: yeah
1: so it's 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 um if you see the therapy as the client's vain attempt to get a different type of you could even look at it like this a different type of parenting which attunes to them
0: yeah
1: counts to them counts for them and attempts to understand them then I think you're on to more of a winner the problem is what we said earlier on the podcast is that if you get if you comply into their negative threats their intimidation their passive resentment their solidness um, you'll reenact history for them
0: yeah which again is why it's really important a lot of the time for for therapists to have supervision, to to talk about the impact of seeing certain clients on them. Again, I talk a lot about fine lines. There's a fine line in not taking it personally and not being invested in the therapy. If we're invested in the therapy with the client, then sometimes we do take things personally (laughs)
1: Well, actually, that is true because we're all human, however, or stroke and. If we have enough therapy and the supervision ourselves, I hope the investment isn't exactly the opposite. In other words, the investment is staying out of these power battles. Yeah. But, of course, I think we often need our own therapy to do that. Yeah,
0: yeah. And when I say the investment, I, I meant, you know, the investment in the therapy session and wanting the best for the client. I I am invested in each and every one of my clients in one form or another. And in doing that, I open up the potential for taking things personally.
1: Yeah. And the other thing of course is they don't they want you to be invested and they don't want you to be invested. Yeah. So you know one thing when we talk about passive the passive part of this type of the, the character we talk about, I want to go back to something which is really fundamental and that is they will want to manipulate you or hypnotically manipulate you to do the thinking for them Mm. so they then can reject it yeah now that's a really interesting one because it's very important in the end that they do empower themselves and grow up and don't stay infantilized and caught in this passive-aggressive battle they often are so how does a therapist do that how does the therapist uh go to a place where they're encouraging the, the person to think at, in, a, in a safe way. In other words, they encourage them to think without the club, club being so afraid that the rug's going to be taken away from them or they enact out this aggressive place. Because in the end of the day, you do need to get to a place where they start thinking for themselves and not manipulating you to think for them. Because if you go down that line, they'll just throw it back in your face again. Yeah. So it's yeah. an interesting, I think the way through it is to get to the child, like I've said before, and help the child's scare about thinking.
0: Yeah. Do you think, particularly with passive aggressive clients, that the way maybe to do that is through activities?
1: Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Well, that's, that's often a very good way to do it.
0: Yeah. yeah, rather than the thinking and the feeling business to get them doing something.
1: Yeah, because with if you think about it, um, they're they're invested in in passivity.
0: Yeah,
1: so they can induce the parent in, and then they can, of course, then spit them out again.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. if
1: you so if you can move to behavioural activities. Or uh, that is a safer way, I think, to go. And certainly through the behaviours, you might get to their um, their their feelings, and then their thinking.
0: Mm. Yeah, with, without I don't know <laughs> hitting the trip wire that can get the defence mechanism up. It, it's yeah. Mm. I think that's that's where I feel less challenged in a room when we're doing something activity based behavioral stuff Mm -hmm. Mm. rather than trying to outwit each other
1: (laughs) yeah 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 because it also uh therapeutically confronts the passivity.
0: yeah yeah they 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 need to move and get unstuck or something yeah but you know
1: if you, if you think of this, as I said before, early in the podcast, it's a tragedy, their history, because they're, they're attempting to get... You know, they're attempting to get connectedness, mm. nurture, intimacy. And when it comes, they throw it back again. And that's the whole game. Yeah. Somehow you need to cut across that. And again, I think playing with them is a really good way. Yeah. It's the child.
0: Yeah, which again, you know, the the humour side of things can be used as you know behavioural and making that connection that way. Yeah, fascinating, fascinating. It's a wonder any of us come out of there alive. Sometimes, Bob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, with the passive aggressive, and I think with many of these characters, but especially the passive aggressive kind. I don't really like. I much prefer. Yeah, playful resistance. Playful
0: resistance. I like that.
1: I much prefer that. Yeah. Um, it, it's often seen as a, a battle to the death.
0: Yeah.
1: And of course, we need to find a way where they can honour life, and we have a different reparative process. And I still, and as I said I've probably said the fourth time on this podcast, I think engaging humour and playfulness uh, to connect with their inner child is the way forward yes. so they can learn to connect in a different
0: way safe way yeah yeah so what we're doing next episode bob uh, do, do we know
1: well you've got your list off off air, said, list. Are, list? We, are we
0: going oh, to do the histrionic so,
1: <laughs> let's move on to the histrionic then what well, let's do the histrionic and the narcissistic kind okay because they sort of go together in many ways uh, but quite quite often, the features of the histrionic client um, is similar to the features of the narcissistic client, and often the narcissistic client and the histrionic client get mixed up. Interesting. So I think that'll be interesting, guys.
0: Right, we're grouping them together then. Right. So until the next one, where we'll be doing histrionic and narcissistic.
1: Yeah, that that's uh, that's as you said earlier on. You know, narcissism often. Is the flavor of the day but there's a great call for healthy narcissism which are, which is the genesis of course for self-esteem
0: mm,
1: yeah uh, it'll be a great podcast
0: and again it's a sliding scale we, we all have narcissistic tendencies we're human
1: we are yeah we I can think of many well-known figures for next week we can talk about but I' have to be careful but I can think of many of them and they are on the right side of this. Spectrum, but I but I do think we can put them together histrionic and narcissism to a certain extent, and they often get diagnosed uh, the wrong way around.
0: Maybe that's something we could do in future, Bob, with these personality traits is pick somebody in the public eye that we can say that's what they are. That's that.
1: Well, but obviously, in a lot of social media, you know, Trump is often seen as an arch narcissist, you know. Yeah. I think
0: one one of the ways that I got to grips with these when I was doing my training was to look at EastEnders and Coronation Street and Emmerdale and look for characters that were displaying certain behaviour types.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a very, very good way. And they're, unfortunately, they're full of narcissists. Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> but we're not talking about the actors or the actresses, it's the characters, so we can't get done for libel or anything.
1: Oh, no, I, I like meant the characters, yeah
0: yeah right so i shall see you on the next episode bob
1: you will see you on the uh, next episode take care Bye. Bye bye
0: you've been listening to the therapy show behind closed doors podcast we hope you enjoyed the show don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review we'll be back next week with another episode